0: This is the Rundown, Rundown, The Rundown, hosted by Luke Lipinski, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station.
1: All right, all right. Good evening, everybody. I'm Spencer Keatsman. Welcome into the Rundown, a very short version of the Rundown, just about 30 minutes here or so. And then we'll get you out to Phoenix Suns Arena for some pregame as tonight the Phoenix Suns. Hosts the Portland Trailblazers here in Phoenix, and um, I've I've heard we'll get into a bunch of different things. I'll start real quickly with the Suns. Uh, we had a little bit of a scare a moment ago with Cameron Payne and and our very own Kellen Olson. Uh, he said that he tweeted out that. He saw him fall down or something like that. I might be paraphrasing the tweet, but it turns out he's fine. He saw him fall down in in pregame warm-ups, and he is going to be, I I guess, okay, because he did end up going back out there. But it's the Suns tonight and the Portland Trailblazers. Tip-off is at 7 o'clock from Phoenix Suns Arena, so if you're on your way out there right now, I certainly appreciate you joining me. My name is Spencer Keatsman. I'm in for Luke Lipinski tonight on the rundown. Jesse Morrison in there. Running the ones and twos. Are you too young to know what that reference is on the ones and twos? Do you know what that means? I don't. I'm sorry. I really don't. <laughs> it's the know. turntables, like the old school DJ, like at radio stations. You know, they would say, on the ones and twos. Blah, well, yeah. Whatever. Okay, I got you. Okay. So, we don't have uh, turntables here, though. No, we don't. No, it's just sports radio. You're just uh, pressing buttons. So um, we'll start off here. I got a few things I want to get to tonight, and we'll end with the Phoenix Suns as we get closer to tip-off from Phoenix Suns Arena. The Pac-12 has a new commissioner, and his name is George Kilovkov. That sounds like a hockey player, by the way. (laughs) Uh, I hate to be stereotypical, but that really does sound like a hockey player. He will replace Larry Scott. He is the former president and uh, president of entertainment and sports at MGM Resorts. That's the first thing I saw in the article on ArizonaSports.com. When I clicked on "We've got a story up about the new commissioner," the first thing that I saw on there was what he what he did with MGM Sports and Entertainment, and it makes perfect sense it, 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 because the Pac-12, I think in in recent years, has kind of shifted to like a, a more Vegasy type vibe, um, and I think that this guy is going to do a great job at growing the league. Um, for a lot of different reasons. I mean, his resume speaks for itself. He worked with MLB Advanced Media. He ran that. Um, and that's constantly a thing where Major League Baseball has to fight the same thing the Pac-12 fights. And that's growing the popularity of their product. And he's figured out he figured out ways to do it with MLB Advanced Media. He was also the digital officer for NBC Universal Cable. So that's Golf Channel. That's NBC Sports Network. All that. So... Uh, his resume speaks for itself, and it just makes sense because, like it or not, and yes, this has the Vegas-MGM tie thing, college sports and all sports, for that matter, gambling is going to play a huge part of the popularity of the Pac-12, especially because it's, it's going to be happening in, in, its, in its states where sports game. I mean, it's coming here to Arizona. It's happening, and it's it's something that I think... Uh, Kilovkov is on the forefront with. He's been in Vegas. He knows how the game works in terms of that, and I know with college sports, it's it's a little... It's a tricky subject for most people. Uh, for, for a lot of people, I should say, because uh, the, the integrity of the game and stuff like that, a lot of people don't like that you can place wagers on college games. Um, I personally do <laughs> like that, but... I I just think that this guy has uh, with all these apps that are going to be coming out with states in the Pac-12 throughout the next decade are going to be legalizing sports gambling. I think that he is going to be a a, a key person for the not just the Pac-12, but the NCAA and sort of meshing the those worlds together. And it will also be a a breath of fresh air for the Pac-12 I know Larry Scott took a lot of crap for a lot of things over the years and had to answer a lot of questions. Why doesn't your conference have a good enough football team to make the college football playoff why this why that why do you why do you think nobody's watching your games other than the fact that they start at ten o'clock at night on the east coast all that stuff he he it's a tough job and he answered a lot of very tough questions, but his idea of growing the conference i think. It, it, it boils down into two simple things. His idea of making the Pac-12 better was adding Colorado and Utah and launching a network, a, K, or, or a television network, a Pac-12 network, that nobody gets. <laughs> if you ha- I, I don't know what providers do and don't carry it, but half, I feel like at least half the Pac-12 uh, viewing audience doesn't have access to this network. That's got to change. They've had a network for like 10 years now, and if you've got DirecTV, you don't have it. (laughs) You know how many people have DirecTV in California, Arizona, Washington, Oregon? I I just don't think that he did a very good job with that. And somehow, he was able to convince people about a decade ago that adding Colorado and Utah would help grow this league. I just don't see that. It just... It doesn't, it doesn't make sense, but I think that this is going to be a breath of fresh air uh, just moving forward. He seems to be a, a very forward-thinking guy, and I, I think he knows the value in, in, in entertainment of putting a quality product out there on the field or court and all that. Uh, I did see that he visited ASU, and he met with uh, Ray Anderson and, and Herm Edwards and had a, a lengthy talk about... Uh, how they can make the college football particularly better. And he brought up the fact that 71% of the college football playoff games, I think that's 21 out of 28 total college football playoff games, have all been the same four teams. You've had Ohio State, Oklahoma, Alabama, and Clemson. And 71% of the college football games. That's got to change. He's got ideas of expanding it. Look, I've always said the college football playoff to me should be all your f- power five conference champions and then three at-larges. What's so hard about that? Nobody, uh, yeah, the nine and ten would complain that they should have a chance. No, so what? No. <laughs> you got to start somewhere. So I certainly like the way uh, that this will be moving forward. I like this higher. I think that this makes perfect sense. A lot of things about this just, just feels right. And I'm looking forward to seeing what happens down the stretch. All right. The Cardinals released their 2021 football schedule. Jesse, what's anything stick out to you here? Or just the first thing that when you see the Cardinals
0: schedule, what pops out in your mind? This isn't the sexiest of, of takes, <laughs> but... I like where the bye week is. A nice week. The tw- bye week? That's the li- first thing you thought the, about. That is the first thing. I always look for where the bye week is because you never want that week five bye, that week four bye. They've got a week 12 bye. Which I could is, care
1: less where the bye week is.
0: It, it gives them rest after their bodies are banged up you know, so for so many weeks. You don't want the rest early in the season. You want the rest late in the season. So I'm going to go with the bye week as the, what stands out to me. And then they got a pretty. Tough schedule.
1: I'd like to know what percentage of Super Bowl champions over the years. I'm giving you a homework assignment, Jesse. What percentage of Super Bowl champions over the since since the modern era in the NFL with the with the current 32 team lineup that we have right now? What percentage of those Super Bowl champions had a bye week later in the season? And does that mean anything? I'd like to know. I'm on it. I, I I'm not I don't I just I'm surprised by that. I, I, the bye week hadn't even crossed my mind. I didn't even know when it was, honestly. So uh, they start off the season in Tennessee, uh, a Titans th- team that I think is pretty good. And uh, they have... Uh, Ryan Tannehill is the most underrated quarterback in the NFL, I think. And I, I, I think that um, there's this sort of perception about Tannehill that people just think he isn't very good because he stunk it up in Miami for a little bit with with bad players and bad coaches... And uh, people just think he's not very good. I I don't get it. He's been really good. That's a tough. That's a tough opener for the Cardinals. When I saw that one, I was like, oh, got to travel across the country, play a good Tennessee team. Uh, yeah, I, I I I do like a lot of matchups on here though. The Vikings game is all that'll that'll be exciting. Anytime you get an NFC North team coming into coming into Arizona to play the Cardinals, the the crowds are just raucous because they they bring they pack half the stadium with their fans. Uh, I mean it's it's always been that way. Those are kind of fun environments to be a part of. And then Jacksonville and at at Jacksonville, the Rams on I believe Monday Night Football in LA. Uh that one will be that one will be fun. Uh 49ers, Browns, Texans, Packers, 49ers again, Panthers, Seahawks, Bears, Late in the season, that one kind of stinks. You get to get Chicago in December. Um, Rams at home, at the Lions, that's in a dome, doesn't matter. Colts, Cowboys, Cardinals, and Seahawks. I like this December stretch. This could be huge. I, I, I think that there's some very winnable games throughout this this December stretch. The Lions stink. Um, the I think the Bears are just kind of, eh, okay, that's a tough road one, though. I think things will really get interesting Christmas Day when the Colts come into town. That's a pretty good football team, and then you go to the Cowboys and end with Seattle at home. Oh, this could be very fun to watch this year. I, I really like this December stretch of games and the Cardinals. You know, we talk about every every outlet, every show goes through the games saying that's a win, that's a win, that's a win, and it's. I've done it before in the past with the Cardinals, and I've gotten so many of them wrong. Last year they lost a, a couple games that they definitely shouldn't have, and that's something that's going to have to change. But it, you know, it's it's big boy time for this Cliff Kingsbury era. Er, era, if this thing's going to work out, it's it's this year. It has to happen. If the Cardinals do not make the playoffs this year, I firmly believe there will be a search for a new head coach, uh, especially with. Things didn't go well for Cliff in a lot of close game management situations last year. You could even argue that he blew a couple games for him. I think that this is it's, it's go time. It's go time. They've got all the pieces he could possibly want to succeed. If he can't win with this, it's just not going to happen for him as a head coach. People would always say, how could he lose at Texas Tech with Patrick Mahomes as his quarterback? It's sort of the same thing with the Cardinals. You've got DeAndre Hopkins. You've got all these weapons. You went out and drafted good players. you got a a guy who's going to start right away at linebacker on defense and Zevin Collins. There are no more excuses. They have done everything they could possibly do to build a legitimate roster. It has to happen this year with Cliff Kingsbury. And it's always exciting to see that the schedule is released. All right, coming back on the other side. We're going to talk a little bit of the D backs. They've got the series finale against the Marlins. I went to the ballgame the other night. I had a great experience there. I'll share to you what was that was like and what you could expect once we go back to full capacity here on the 25th at Chase Field. And then we'll also preview the Suns as they get ready for tip off tonight against the Portland Trailblazers. I'm Spencer Keatsman on the Rundown, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.
0: The Rundown, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.
1: Um, I, I don't think so. Um, I think our guys are, 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 so resilient and, you know, in baseball, um, you, you walk through these types of things all the time and, you know, nothing, nothing totally shocks you, um, as, you know, hard as it was to, um, work through the Zach Allen situation today. I think these players knew at 640 they had to they had to strike it from their memory and go out and, and perform and and I I just think baseball tutors you that that way or mentors mentors you or prepares you to, to be that way because um, you can always expect the unexpected. All right that's D backs manager Tori Lovello last night after the loss and with the injury news of their ace, I'm going to call him their ace because he is their ace. Your ace is your best pitcher. Zach Gallon is the Diamondbacks' best starting pitcher. And um, he was scratched with, with the injury news in the lineup and it, it's just an immediate bummer. 10-day injured list, uh, with a minor sprain of one section of his UCL, that's UCL, that is the ulnar collateral ligament in his right elbow. Um, Good it, job, Spencer. Doctor Spence here, <laughs> giving you giving you the breakdown. But it's a t- it's for now. It's just the ten day injured list, and this is the second time in such a short, you know, six weeks of the season that Zach Gallen has been placed on the shelf for the Diamondbacks, and you just. You hope you hope that this is just some minor stuff that he's going through right now and, and it's not going to be anything serious uh, because what he brings to this team is something that nobody else on this roster does. He's got, I think, the best changeup in baseball. This thing is absolutely filthy and very difficult to hit. He's a strikeout pitcher. He He's just really, really good. He's been great for this team. And you'd hate to see him go on the shelf, especially right now when the Diamondbacks are at a critical point now where they're just trying to find something. I was at the ball game on Monday night when they beat the Marlins, had a great time. My girlfriend and I went, um, it was pretty safe in terms of social distance, but, uh, with, with all these, you know, improvements and everything that the CDC has said today, it sounds like a lot of this stuff is going to be changing and, and getting somewhat back to normal, uh, they recommend in the ballpark that you wear your mask while you're sitting in your seat, but nobody was doing that. <laughs> I mean, you have to in the in the aisle. They'll, they'll stop you. They'll say, you know, if you're waiting in line to get a drink or something like that, they'll, they'll tell you to throw your mask back on. Um, but it was just, it was fun for me. It had been a while. I hadn't been to a, a, a real game as a fan in a very, very long time. I went to a spring training game. I sat in the outfield on a blanket and drank beer. That doesn't count. (laughs) I mean, that's the the spring training games are just kind of... You're there to be there, you know? Uh, A regular season game. We had great seats. It was a beautiful night. They had the roof open. The roof open at Chase Field is is phenomenal. I I love those rare moments when that actually gets to happen. Um, But they 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 beat the Marlins and then they won again on Tuesday and then lost last night. Uh, so game 4 is tonight, the final game of the series with the D-backs and Marlins here at Chase Field. Um, but they're at a time right now. They've they've really got to get something going. They've got to figure it out. And you know what? I'll be honest, I did not see the NL West playing out this way at all <laughs> to start the year. Uh, I didn't expect the Dodgers to be as banged up as they are. Nobody thought the Giants would have the second best record in baseball. I mean, raise your hand if you thought that. Um, nope. And the Dodgers are sort of... I wouldn't say they're ripe for the taking right now because once they get fully healthy, they're by far the best team in, in the division and, and by far the best team in baseball, I even think. But if they continue to to, to drop games and and keep getting banged up injury-wise, now is the chance if the Diamondbacks are going to actually try to close a gap on any of these teams that have been playing way better than they have so far. And and I'm not a standing watcher in May kind of guy, but when you're sitting at 17-20 and 20 and you had previously lost six in a row going into this week, things are not looking good. They've got to find some sort of way to start Really getting on a win streak and putting together some good performances, particularly out of the starting pitching and out of the bullpen. Look, Mike Hazen has done a very good job of putting a team together and doing what he can with with the uh, you know with, with with the payroll and everything that they've that they've done. The, the overlooked thing with the Diamondbacks, and this is something that. Every good GM in baseball knows this. It is a bullpen driven game nowadays. If you don't have a bullpen, you don't have a chance. You will not be a playoff team. It's just the way it is. You have to have some guys who can come in in these middle innings and when your starting pitching isn't necessarily doing so great. You got to have some guys who can eat some innings, and then you got to have guys who can shut the door. Um, in the back of the bullpen and they don't really have one of those guys if it i think Stephon creighton's been pretty good i think he's if you were to name a closer right now for the Diamondbacks, it would probably be him i it's just kind of frustrating that the d-backs don't ever really ever seem to have a good bullpen it's been a while since they've had a good bullpen i mean you had a very marketable guy in archie bradley i'll be honest i'm not i'm not really missing him a whole lot i don't think
0: he was just—he was good. He, yeah, the, he had that one year where he was great in 2017, and the bullpen as a whole was pretty good. That you're pretty good, and you know, look what happened—they made the playoffs. They—they they got swept in the playoffs. They got swept in the playoffs, but they—they they won the wild card game. It's sure, it's—it's it, it's, it's the best bullpen that they've had in a very long time. Yeah, I,
1: but I—I I just don't—I don't know why this position's been ignored, it, or maybe it hasn't. Maybe they just haven't been able to to get it right. Maybe they just haven't drafted for the bullpen. Maybe they haven't, you know, they haven't signed a, a really big name reliever. They've never gone out and done that. They've gotten other players before, but I, I, I don't know. I, it's it seems to be to be missing on the Diamondbacks and whatever they're doing for whatever reason. They've just they just don't have a good bullpen, and it's something that I just think they completely overlooked. And with with the game being is is pitcher dominant as it is. Right now, you've got to have a good bullpen. You know what I saw the other day? Um, I saw something, or I heard something in a podcast, that this has been the worst offensive start in Major League Baseball history since 1969. uh, In terms of run scored, uh, team batting averages, and strikeouts. Pitching is just dominating this game so far.
0: Yeah, I don't know if you saw, but they were talking about potentially moving the mound back. I don't like that idea. I don't but. like it either. I, I mean, I, I think it's a lot on the hitters and just the way their are you know home run, strike out, walk, and that's all they care about. But like you know, but at the same time, your stars are still really
1: good. Mike yeah. Trout's having an incredible year. Ronald Acuna Junior. is awesome. Uh, there there's guys that 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 carry that star power for the league that are still living up to it. I mean, if Mike Trout's out there hitting two twenty, then then we've got a problem. I think, but he's not. So, uh, he, as long as your stars are still hitting, I don't think that this, this issue is going to get, uh, to a lot of front pages on a lot of websites anytime soon, but I could be wrong. D-backs and Marlins tonight at 640. That game is over on ESPN 620. All right. Now it's time to talk about the Phoenix Suns and they lock up the two seed if they win tonight. So I think, I think here's what's going to happen. They play Portland tonight at home. I think the Suns are going to win the game. By the way, they're a two-point two favorite. The over-under on that is 237. Uh, they're looking for their 49th win on the year. If they win tonight, I think you just kind of coast in San Antonio to, over the weekend with the last two games because uh, I I hinted at this a couple weeks ago. At some point, the Suns are going to have to give Book, CP3, and Aiton some rest. And it sounds like Ayton might get a little bit of rest tonight. He's questionable with his knee. Uh, so if he plays, I don't think it'll be a whole lot. It'll be Frank Kaminsky, and 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 he might ste- he might step it up for the team. But uh, at some point, you got to give them a little bit of a breather. And if they lock up this two, the one is almost impossible. Utah would have to lose, I think, three their last three games or their last two games, and the Suns would have to win out to make it happen. So. Um I I don't think that's what you're looking at and I wondered a couple weeks ago I I said this I said do the Suns really need to put a priority on the one seed is that something that they really needed to go for and it's kind of sounds like, that, like you know after the Cleveland overtime win they kind of just have seemed content since then do I do I seem crazy by saying that I don't think so No yeah No, no they they they've just been content they've been okay I know they've lost 3 out of 4 but it just doesn't seem like there's that urgency to go out and, and really get that one seed. And it's it's something that's probably not going to happen anymore. So I think they're going to beat Portland tonight. I think that Book will get his normal 36 minutes. I think that CP3 will get his 32 minutes. Aiton will get his 30 minutes. And then after that, it's, it's probably just uh, Aiton won't get 30 minutes tonight. I just mentioned that he was a little banged up. But you know what I'm saying. Left knee soreness. It, yeah, you know, you know what I mean, though. So I, but I think that they'll get this done. They'll play their normal game tonight. And then in San Antonio over the weekend, they'll kind of just shut it down and get ready for the playoffs. And there's been so much talk about who they will end up playing in the playoffs after um, the, the play-in tournament and all that. A lot of this is just so much out of their control. Just win tonight, get that two seed locked up, go into the weekend in San Antonio, and just kind of take it easy, if you will. All right, that's going to do it for us here on The Rundown. I'm Spencer Keatsman for Jesse Morrison. Certainly thank you for tuning in. Suns basketball pregame show is coming up next on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.